Hello, everybody. Welcome to No Chick Flick Moments. Hi. Hello. I am your co-host, Remy. And I am your other co-host, B. The episode that we're going to be talking about today is Supernatural, Season 14, Episode 4, Mint Condition. Mm-hmm. It was written by Davy Perez and directed by Eamon Cotterali. And the description reads, Dean continues to struggle. Meanwhile, Sam must think fast when action figures come to life and our heroes find themselves living in a real-life horror movie. And, like, perfectly timed for the season, perfectly timed inside the show. And um, I, On that description, just one thought. I was like, uh, hello, it's the Winchesters. Their whole life is a horror movie. This, mm-hmm. and this that ain't new. We get to hear Sam pretty much say that. Uh-huh. Yeah, come on, B, take us away. Yeah, so we we start right off inside of a comic shop where we're seeing a bunch of promotional material for the comics. We're also seeing a lot of horror material like Friday the 13th. There, There's a poster for Hellhazers, which calls back to season two. And on the television, there's All Saints Day playing. And this item is... This product is going to be placed significantly throughout this episode. <laughs> All Saints Day as a franchise. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes, a good old horror movie franchise in the universe of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And so this promo gets turned off from the television and the guy who is working in the comic shop, he is unboxing merchandise. He sees this one item, a Thundercats Panthera. No, I said that. Panthro. Panthro mm-hmm. figure. And um, he basically digs it out and just puts it straight into his backpack. He gets a call from his co-worker, and she um, is just kind of upset at his handling for a customer that had come in earlier, and he's really adamant about his position. And she's she's kind of understanding, like, okay, I know that this is you, but also don't do that to the customers. We need them. He's, he's, he's being established as the problem child here, for sure. Yes, that he's very passionate about the subject matter and probably takes it past social cues. Yeah. So um, he grabs a key set with Batman as the symbol on the keychain. And we also see the All Saints Day killer, the David Yeager figure. Yeah, the big, the big stand up. Yes. Uh, what, what would you call it? Yes, life size model. Life size model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it cuts to now Stuart, the comic book guy. The Zachary Quinto lookalike. Oh, don't, don't <laughs> even. Okay, like... <laughs> But yeah, so we we cut now to the comic book guy, Stuart. He's in his basement and he's yelling on the phone about his pizza coming late. And as he's on this little tirade, the boxed figure of Panthro moves. His face in that moment was so all in wonder. Like, oh, he says, he says, oh, oh, how'd you get there? And it just, it just was so like Indians in the cupboard to me. It yeah, was... like he was super excited by the prospect that hey, maybe it actually can move. Like... Uh huh, uh huh. But unfortunately, when it when it 
does move. It wasn't exactly Indians in the Cupboard friendly. No, no, it really wasn't friendly at all. It goes straight for all over his body. Like he gets he gets beat up pretty fast there. Yeah, he gets attacked by this uh this panthero. And like okay, so you went Indians in the Cupboard, but I went Small Soldiers, which I don't know if like yeah. anybody remembers that movie. I fucking but... love that movie. I own that movie on yep. VHS. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that was right where my brain went was poor old Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I used to have nightmares about that fucker. Ugh. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> Only nineties kids will know. <laughs> Only nineties kids will know. So yeah, he he gets attacked in a pretty rude fashion, and then rude. we cut to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's probably better ways I could put that. Yeah, no. Um, but I we like cut over one. now. Um, Dean. We're at Dean's room, mm-hmm. and he is lounged out. And I, I described it as Dean's filthy camped-in room, it- where <laughs> he's marathoning Margie Kugels and um, <laughs> horror flicks on Shocker Channel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got the sin nude socks, novelty socks on. Yes. He's got pizza, empty pizza boxes and chip bags and empty six packs of beer and an entire uh, handle of whiskey empty on his bedside table. But mm-hmm. And like on the shelf behind him, all the books are knocked over and there's even like a bottle stacked on top of them and like oh, Chinese indeed. food, metal container, takeout things. Uh-huh. This, oh, this boy's been living. <laughs> But but he's like you said he's lounged out. Uh, see, okay, so as much as he's obviously been hiding in his room, and you know the description it says uh, Dean continues to struggle to cope with all that's happening mm-hmm. now. But he, I don't know, he he seems happy. He seems happy, and I and this in this moment ties in very strongly with my feels of what he says about his escape into TV and why he appreciates yes media yes. so much. And uh, yeah, but you know, it's it's he's having a hard time, but he's kind of like doing, and he's living in filth. But I still want to say he's kind of doing right by Dean. Yeah, he's found something that he can throw himself into and enjoy. And, like, he's just on his stomach, cuddling a pillow, eating cold pizza, I'm assuming, and <laughs> loving all of these slasher movies. I mean, it's it's right before Halloween, or it is Halloween, depending on how you want to consider map travel for them. But, yeah, he he's trying to do just his own version of self-care, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I- and then... And Sam's kind of aware of what this is, but I don't think Sam really approves. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Sam comes in and he and he's looking at Dean and looking at the TV and he's like, uh, what you doing? And and Dean says, oh, slasher marathon on Shocker. Just finished the Halloween (laughs) movies and. We're going in on All Saints Day. And and my first thought there was like, okay, so you live in a universe that has both Halloween and All Saints Day movies, like when All Saints Day is mm-hmm. a blatant Halloween ripoff. So it's like, mm-hmm. is there, where's that crossover movie where, where, uh, uh, Freddy, not Freddy, where, um, yeah, Michael where Michael Myers, Myers and, and Jaeger meet at the midnight hour of, uh, Halloween into All Saints Day, like, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and uh, Sam says, oh, come on. Those movies are crap. 
I don't know what he says. But uh, so Dean says, yeah, I got the marathon in. And then he finally kind of looks over after he explains that. And he looks over to Sam and he stops and he does a little double take. And he's like, just Mm -hmm. like you said, he rises to the bait. He he says, oh, man. And Sam says, what? And... (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like is there something yeah. on my face it's like no it's the ass yeah Dean just kind of gestures to his whole face and Sam's just like oh fuck off <laughs> yeah this again uh-huh. you can't give it up yeah yeah I shaved it off and, and then we get the so smooth smooth as a dolphin's belly line <laughs> oh Jensen gets so much uh, time to really stretch his comedic chops this episode I really like that yeah yeah, like Sam is now letting us know, okay, so Dean hasn't left his room in a week and that basically being okay is not part of the job is what they basically settle out on here. Like, are you okay? Well, no, like, okay is not the thing that we do. And yeah. Dean gives us insight into the fact that they haven't had any leads on where Michael is or what he's doing. They don't have any idea where the spear is right now. And now Cass and Jack are out of the bunker, like Cass is doing, I assume he's following through on his promise to go on a case, just him and Jack, Yeah, go be hunters together. And so Dean is really feeling like there's not even any straws for him to grasp at. Yeah. And so he's just going to retreat. Yeah, Dean says, basically, hell, if not this, then what else am I going to do? Yeah. And and not that I'm complaining, but the house is full of strangers. Right, right, right. Sam Sam is on him. Like, why are you holed up in your room? And I mean, in my mind, it's that Dean is feeling that that's literally the only place he can be. His home is overrun, overrun, and he's not he's not making an effort to adjust to that in any way. Yeah. I I imagine it's one hell of an adjustment curve if he's going to try this because for so long in his life, it's been him and Sam just working things out together, coming up with the plan together. And like, that's as far as your sounding board goes. And now he returns to a bunker that is just populated with hunters. And Sam seems to be sort of the connective tissue between all of them. Like he, Dean pokes fun at it later in the episode, but like calling him chief. And so like you and I have spoken about this, like at the time of the episode airing, but watching it again, it's like, Dean must almost feel like he's this vestigial part of Sam's life. Like Sam has went and formed this hunter network. And now where does Dean fit into this? Because Sam's clearly got things covered. Yeah. And I think it is more about Dean and Sam than it is even about Dean and the other hunters. Mm -hmm. It's just that Sam has, has like, integrated himself into this community of people that Dean has no part of. And for all that, you know, they're all hunters. It really, it really has always been Sam and Dean against the world. Yeah. And I, I feel like Dean has a harder time connecting with people deeply. Like he's very good at a superficial connection. He has the charisma to work with people, but to actually let people in and be a closer aspect of his life, he is really resistant to that. I think that he has this history built up 
where the people that are close to him get hurt. And so he's just become practiced at not letting people close. And so now here we are with a bunch of hunters that Sam knows all by name and they all respect him and treat him as just someone that they'll listen to. And now Dean, I mean, no one's sitting there being like, Dean, you can't talk to anyone. Dean is choosing not to engage. And I think that it could just be a part that there's so many people and it would be overwhelming and Dean doesn't really want to let any of them in. Oh man, last thought on this. I have so many thoughts on this, but last mm-hmm. thought on this because, yes. because I'm being into the dirt. But Dean, I have a lot of feels about Dean and his relationships and how I'm going to have a lot of feels later in this episode too about Dean and his relationships. Yep. Uh, but you're just, you're, you hit the nail on the head when you say he's good at superficial, he's charming, he's good at superficial connections, but he's not good at friends. Or he is good at friends, but he doesn't make friends. He's, I think he's just very, you know, no. He he doesn't, he's not well suited to shallow friendships. He wants deep connections. Not many people would call Dean an introvert, but I think I would be one of them, honestly. He, maybe introvert's the wrong word. He's just, he's... I I feel he's very protective of those he considers family. And there are these layers of socialization that he will let people in only so far. So he will be very defensive about the most close circles to himself. You know, not many people go through that vetting process and find their way in. And it could also be like they have to prove themselves to go in. And I just don't think that Dean even wants to open the vetting process at this point. It's just like blasting me to 2003 when Sam would have been in college and, you know, thriving mm-hmm. and yes. and Dean would have been this loner drifter who just had his car and sometimes his dad, but... And he didn't want to do it alone. And, and it's just that Sam has always been able to build something for himself and find happiness in whatever's around yeah. him. Sam Sam has been more adaptable in yes. the social grounds. Like he has been able to be flexible with the role he plays in society. You know, he doesn't want to be a hunter. He's going to go be a student and he's going to try and take these parts of the normal life that he can get. But for Dean, it feels like he was really grown up. He was really trained from a young age to be this one form, to fit this one mold. And it became so intrinsic in his nature to follow it that it is very difficult for him to adapt to these other situations in a way that is longstanding. Yeah, he 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 has always been Dean Winchester, brother of Sam Winchester and son of John Winchester. And that is what he is. And you can't put him with Lisa in the suburbs and you can't put him in a network of hunters who work together to accomplish things. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they're all just busy bees in there. And like, I think Dean, when he doesn't know, he falls back on those instincts. And the instincts are like, 
protect the ones you love and like the more that more people that he loves then the harder that's going to be and so he only has a few that he lets in that far oh man <laughs> that, that was 10 minutes of incomprehensible dean feels but we i'm i'll introduce you to 20 minutes of incomprehensible <laughs> like it's it's coming. I'm so sorry, Remy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This episode just has my turn my head turned around in, yes. in such a big like way. Like this episode, I know like there's nothing about it really that is telling us to be retrospective and telling us to look at their childhoods and things. And yet there is a lot of subtext that ca- is carried around um, like a traditional holiday. So we here we have is Halloween and the brother's relationship with this time of the year. And then not only that, but like just the whole, maybe I'm just bringing my nostalgia in here, <laughs> but what you're thinking about like 80s slasher movies and for Supernatural, this is going to be a knockoff version of like an 80s slasher series. So, oh my god, yeah, I could get into, like, you wouldn't see Halloween repeating on motel TVs. You would see the knockoff version of it. So, like, All Saints Day is going to be the thing that if Dean was home alone because his dad's out doing hunting duties and Sam doesn't want to watch the movie, then here is Dean that is just held within the grasp of the motel TV watching these knockoff brands and, like... Again, I'm I'm going ridiculously <laughs> on this tangent of we're in the first scene. Ah, Jesus! I know, <laughs> cheesy, crazy. This episode, uh, this episode was it like a fucking comedy. It yes. was a comedy. It was a com- it was hilarious through and through. It, it was. And now I'm sitting here in front of the mic, and I feel like I'm just doing. I'm I'm going into some sort of wild supernatural ex exponent uh uh existential crisis. Yes. yes. Like, do you see? Like, this is why when we started air, like talking, and I'm like, "Hi, Remy." It's like, "What happened to you?" I'm like, "I guess I've just been emotionally shell shocked for like." nothing that i saw on screen just what my brain is doing to me it's i'm so sorry (laughs) so so sam shows dean uh or sam mentions to dean that he you know picked up on a case and he was wondering if maybe it would interest dean and of course like sam's face the whole time he's like oh i know this is gonna oh yeah he's He's, he's come in like a parent just being like oh you know like you've been in your room a lot awful lot lately here son and you know like i i got these two tickets to the ball game and i don't know who's gonna come with me like it's just very much that kind of mood of like maybe i'll give this case to somebody else (laughs) wait 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 it includes action figures show me the youtube video Uh uh-huh and and yeah sam shows so sam mentions uh a killer toy case. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sam mentions a killer toy case, and he and Dean's ears prick up. And you, and, and of course, it's exactly what Sam expected. You can like see yes. the smugness yes. in him in this moment. Yeah, Dean just lights up like Thundercats. It was Thundercats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we see the YouTube video of uh, Zachary Quinto. Uh, <laughs> 
What's his fucking name? Uh, Stuart. Stuart of Stuart. We see the YouTube video of Stuart uh, talking about his his encounter with Panthro. Yes. And how Panther just wailed on him. I, I liked the little details of this um YouTube video here because if you look above it, it's like, okay, he's only had 24 views, but there's 20 comments on it. Like, he's causing a lot of controversy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have, I'm definitely going to need you to tell me what was in those YouTube comments later when Sam pulls them up because mm. I didn't look at them, but I, w- I was curious to know if there was inter- anything interesting in those YouTube comments. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah. So Sam, Sam's teasing. He's like, oh, you know, like, you're so busy. I'll, I'll, I'll get someone <laughs> else to work on this. And Dean's like, no, Panther is mine. Yeah. 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 So, Let's go. So mission successful for Sam. We got Dean out of the room and and one one little additional dean moment just can you imagine kid dean watching thundercats like i didn't even know this was a thing that would hit me so hard freaking dean just lighting up at thunder he's like oh my god thundercats are you fucking kidding me hell yeah yeah and again i'm sitting here with hollowed out eyes being like (laughs) i'm having sudden bout of feelings about things that weren't even on the fucking screen like I did not expect this episode to like fuck me up. <laughs> it really, oh man, you drag you drag me into it too, B. <laughs> gonna... Yeah, don't don't worry, I'm not letting you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we Dean's on board. So they head out on the road, and we are brought out to the exterior of this comic book shop. It's called Smash Pal Comics, which I'm like, my God. Um, <laughs> There's trick-or-treaters up and down the street, but it's still early enough in the day that there's still business to attend to. And Dean is already speculating, you know, like, is it just one toy or is it a whole bunch of them? Do we have a puppet master situation going on? And Sam's like, oh my god, like, you almost sound excited about this. And hell yeah, he's excited about this. (laughs) And oh my god, so we have Sam and Dean walking down the street outside of this comic shop, and my the only thought in my mind is pocket protector. Oh my gosh. Like their outfits. Oh, <laughs> I had to stop because I was like, okay, where, where is Dean's outfit? Like, what is it pinging in my brain? What memory? And I'm like, it, it goes back to Chris Farley and like his SNL skit where he plays <laughs> like the, like the, basically the stay in school kids type dude. Like that, that's the outfit that it's hearkening back to. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so glorious. There's so many little Easter eggs in this episode. It was just instantly like, oh my God, nerd clothes. And then, but then I couldn't at first kind of put my finger on even what was just like nerd clothes because Dean wasn't wearing the glasses. He had, he's just wearing a white shirt and a tie and those pants though. I mean, that's something, but that that jacket too that is that's is a busy well, jacket well he wasn't he wasn't wearing the jacket yet but oh but, shit yeah you're right but they're both just uh, walking down the street and it took me a full 30 seconds to realize like why is this different from their fed clothes and it was the short sleeves oh, on their yeah. sh- <laughs> on their shirt sleeves yeah <laughs> <laughs> It was just the, like, shirt sleeves, Sam's got a pocket protector, Dean's got the pants. Oh, that it's... pocket protector. I'm like, do they still exist? Or, I don't I know. I am already grinning, so. Oh, yeah. You saw that, and you're like, my god, we're in for a treat. Yeah. And they go in. Yes. And now, 
Again, we have so many Easter eggs inside of here. We have the Jason Todd outfit in the corner, and then behind it is a House of Wax poster, and there's like the Friday the 13th figures, all of these little things that are knickknacks around that you, mm-hmm. if you're paying attention to the background, then you get to have a lot of little delights. And um, Dean immediately starts teasing Sam that the girl who's working here is basically his twin. You know, like they both have great hair and there's the this plaid. cute little visual gag where they both brush their hair back at the same time. Uh-huh. And Sam's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But then Sam pulls the same thing on Dean and says, well, okay, well, if I'm her, then that guy over there, a, a, a guy we see that's rifling through the the uh, individual comic issues and He's he's just he's just you know your typical comic nerd looking kind of mm-hmm. guy. Yep, average Joe. And 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 Dean looks over at him. And he's like, "What? That guy? No, we have nothing in common." Meanwhile, the both of them have lollipops. They both have like sort of same gruff behavior. I I shouldn't say gruff, but just like little defensive. I guess I would say, and. Again, I'm going to write, like, a high school essay on my feeling about these two characters versus Sam and Dean later, and it's going to be incoherent. (laughs) Well, I I, I actually meant to ask you, like, at the top of the episode, because I know that so much meta came out of the uh, Sam Dirk. uh, Oh, did it? I I cannot remember his name. What's his name? Stuart. Stuart. Okay, I've got to like sear that into my mind. I need to write it down like in big bold. You you can continue to say knock off Zachary Quinto. Knock off Zachary Quinto. Uh, So because I know that there was so much meta that came out of this episode on the Samantha Dirk Stuart parallels with Dean Cass and Sam. Uh, Well, well, not in that order. Sam Dean and Cass. So so tell me what you remember of that, because I don't remember seeing any meta about this. Well, we are, like, right here, explicitly, like, it, within the narrative, told to draw those parallels. We were yes. like, okay, keep an eye on these two, because these are the mirrors to Sam and Dean throughout the whole episode. And what I remember coming out of, you know, coming off of this episode last year, it was that everyone was like, okay, so we have Sam and Dean uh, mirrored to Samantha and Dirk, but then, oh, I never, I didn't even realize until just now that Dirk, Dean, all right, I get it. Yep. And then, again, I'm like, yeah. But but then people extended that to Stuart and Cass. How does that work? There was there was a lie. I think that you don't like Stuart. I think that you. I think that there's some. I, I I'm getting I'm getting under vibe of of this guy is not my not my guy. Yeah. Which I get. I get. But people were. You know, he had the tan coat on in the first scene. He's there's some visual cues there. But I, I don't actually necessarily agree with extending this metaphor. But a a lot of people did. What people focused on a lot was the uh, socially awkward angle, the best friend to Dirk, 
how, you know, he's not, he makes mistakes, but we love him anyways. I don't know. I didn't, like I said. I just can't click with the whole um, impassionately angry if things aren't going the way that he expects. Um, There's this very toxic energy around the way that he behaves with his interests and with other people's relationship with his interests. And these sorts of things, I'm like, okay, if you yeah, if you're trying to give me a illusion to cast with that, I can't pick it up. Like I see no connect the dots there. I I agree. Like I <laughs> I may have sound I may have sounded a little like accusatory when I said, "Oh, you just don't like Stuart," but I'm like, I'm with you there a little bit. I'll yeah. I'll I'll tell you why I don't like Stuart. Like, but I don't think that I I try not to spend a lot of time on negative things but I can just say like yeah I I wasn't a fan of a lot of the things that the way his character behaves would represent in the real world you know like it's one thing for the narrative to be like you know he's got his quirks and we love him and it's another thing to have that person in your life and being like this is the energy I'm surrounded by yeah super toxic and constantly toxic and it's just like yeah I don't think that we were invited to like him so yeah and so so again like if if i'm gonna tell you my high school essay later i'm not going to be saying Stuart is any way near cast i would say it's more like um a, a metaphor for the situation at the bunker or something like that yeah i wouldn't mean i would just exclude Stuart entirely i mean he was just the he was the problem child you know oh my god when i bring up my john essay later <laughs> i'll have i'll have something else entirely for Stuart to represent right there all right fuck me I, <laughs> it's such a good happy episode like it's a good fun yeah. episode and then I'm just sitting here like s- chain smoking a cigarette looking looking haggard like <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> no it's it's hilarious I think it's fun I mean well I, I'm sorry no I don't think your suffering is fun I just like no. to hear <laughs> I, I'm happy to share it's just ridiculous yeah um, I also liked the little Easter egg that they dropped of um, Dean and Sam referring to their fake insurance company as Campbell and Sons Insurance. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Mm-hmm. And so they the reason why they're at the comic shop is that they went by where Stuart lives and he's not there. And after speaking to Samantha, they discover that he's been kicked out because of a argument that Stuart had with his roommate over Fist of the North Star. And this is about when Samantha says, you know, he's an acquired taste, but Mm -hmm. like when he's online, he's basically a troll. So Dean and Sam are reading this. It's like, okay, so maybe he doesn't have like friends. Maybe he even has enemies that would want to put spell work on him. Like that's kind of the way they're leaning for the theory of this case right now. But Samantha advises them that they can find Stuart at his mom's house. And so we cut over right away to at Stuart's mother's house. And she is giving them cider in adorable novelty uh-huh. mug of like Flash's head and then like a quasi normal mug. And Dean sitting there with his fucking horn rim glasses. The glasses. I'm just like, why? Why? Oh. Dean, what is going through your head? Like, why? I love it's it. It's the Chris like... Farley thing. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's going so back great. to that. Yeah, he's got the jacket on at this point. And the, the oh, sort of regular mug is near to him. And he's like, 
none of that shit. I want the flash mug. Uh-huh. He grabs it. it out. <laughs> yeah. So they're they're waiting for Stuart to kind of come up, and Stuart is downstairs yelling about Fortnite. Sam has to fill Dean in on what that is, and again, Dean is going to... I'm assuming this nostalgic place of being like, oh, I'm more of a Zelda guy. You know? Zelda for life. Yes. Uh, which, again, I'm like, oh, did you even have a Game Boy? Like, what? what is what is, what is, is my life? What is this? Like, just... like, was it just like you went to your friend's place and you were able to borrow it? Like, you got to play it for a brief minute and it, like, stuck in your brain for so long? Like, oh, my God. No. No. <laughs> Memory. <laughs> when when Seward said Fortnite, I just, I, I, I had not a single thought in my head other than the supernatural uh, writers and the hello fellow kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was the Steve Carell. No, no, no. <laughs> as soon as I hear Fortnite again, I'm I'm on that cusp where I'm like I'm too old to understand, but I n- understand that I'm too old, and I just like that fact. Like basically just ranting at a cloud, you know. But <laughs> yeah, so Fortnite's in this show, <laughs> and they go, okay, so what's that smell in the air? You know, Sam and Dina kind of picking up is that Sage? And Stuart is like, yeah, like, my girlfriend, she was, like, super goth, but, like, you know, like, ugh, I can't Kinda even Kind of This I can't do the bro voice for any longer. It's gonna give me a migraine. Oh, my God. But, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it over. Yes. So, so Stuart says, uh, yeah, my, my girlfriend's kind of goth, super, like, real into Wicca, and uh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's nothing, but she said it burns sage to ward off spirits or for good luck, you know. Yeah, good luck or something. Like. Yeah, whatever. And and then they're like, oh, Wiccan girlfriend. Maybe there's a witchy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Further suspicions raised there. And they say they say, oh, you still with her? And he says, no, no, no. I I, I broke it off before we could merle. And Dean is just like, what the fuck? And Sam says, me in real life. <laughs> Sam continues to Urban Dictionary, the Dean's uh-huh. life for him. And- uh-huh. and this time, Dean does call him out on it. Like, what? why would you even know that? And Sam's face in that moment, though, I did love it. Like, oh, you don't, you don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, maybe Sam has tried having online friends, you know? Like, again, we go back to the whole talking about socialization. I can see Sam being someone who's a bit more open to, like... And I, I also happen to think of Eileen at this, too. Like, that they would be communicating yeah. over phone and over internet and, like, keeping a long-distance friendship alive that way. And I'm like, oh, Sam feels coming up the wazoo again. Oh, my gosh. So so they learn that, that you know, maybe this Wic- Wiccan girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, might... They figure, hey, he was dumped... She, she was dumped pretty callously by this guy. I've yeah. known him for five minutes, and I... And I can already infer that he was dumped, that, that if she was dumped, it would be, have been pretty callously. Yes. And um, when they start interrogating Stuart about the accident, Stuart starts badly lying, saying, you know, oh, I fell. And Dean's like, yeah, like on, on your face, on your legs, on your genitals. Like, uh-huh. That's quite the hell of a fall here. And Stuart is just very defensive the whole way through, and they basically get kicked out. Yep. And we have Fashiony Sadine putting on his jacket and Soccer Dad Sam with his little puffy brown number. <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck that was, but it was so I wanna I wanna take that shot and frame it 
There, it was good looks. It was good looks this episode. I know, I know. They were serving the scene. And they say, okay. Dean says Wicca. Sam says, you know, Wiccan doesn't always mean witch. And Dean says, you know, until, or he says, until it does. It, so. It's the whole, like, 60% of the time it works every time. Like, <laughs> it's not a witch until it is a witch. Like, okay, uh-huh. we got some good, we got some good statistics going on here. So they're going to stake out the house until, yes. uh, until it's clear and they can check for hex bags. Yeah. So they're just sitting in the car right now and Sam fields a call from somebody. And by the time he finishes it up, he explains to Dean, like, oh, that was just Riley. And Dean's like, well, whoever Riley was, you know? Yeah. Again, we see that not only is Dean, uh, Dean is not, has not made any effort whatsoever to even try to adapt, I would say. Yeah. He, he's not interested in introducing these people to his life. Right. Not he, he and he doesn't even say, Oh, who's Riley? What is he working on? He just says, Oh well, whoever. Yeah. Cool. Like the the name is instantly forced from his mind by deliberate choice. Like he does not want to engage here. Yeah. He's just like whomst. Uh-huh. And Dean takes this as a chance to also ask Sam about why he doesn't like Halloween, you know, kind of brushed on it earlier outside of the comic book shop when the trick-or-treaters were walking by. But Sam is just refusing to answer why he doesn't like Halloween. Yeah. And I do like this little moment where they're in the car and they see Stuart's mother leave the house and they're like, well, we got to hide somehow. Like you could just see the thought going through (laughs) and they just look at each other and like the most stiff, awkward dive down into the seat with both of them just <laughs> leaning tower of pizzaing their way into the just into the bench seat we've all seen a gift it was a beautiful moment it was yes <laughs> and considering it was uh, wasn't it just like them spoofing and then it's like oh oh that made it into the final cut whoops <laughs> uh-huh. well so this whole episode was so comedic like you said they really got to have fun with it this episode it yes was- yeah, they got to stretch their comedic legs so well this episode, and it just makes me so sad to think, oh, I'm going to have to wait until episode 15 for the Pleasantville episode, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Peace of Mind, to to, to, to get... like, see them doing this kind of nonsense again. Oh, it's so good, though, and I love when we, I love when we do it, you know? It's like... Yeah, any time the characters have a chance to kind of revel, and I, I say the characters, but I really mean, like, the actors. Whenever they get a chance to revel in their scenes, you can, you experience the joy, too. It's so fun. They bring, they bring so much fun into the episode, and it really is the actors that, that do it. Yes. Oh, and so this is also the scene where Sam is looking up like, he says that Stuart's story changed because he was getting nasty comments online. And he pulls up, like, a Reddit page that is just a bunch of people talking <laughs> at each other. And Dean's like, oh, yeah, like, that's what it is about the internet. Like, everyone can be a dick. And uh, Dean's relationship with the internet continues to be a curious one. Uh-huh. And we don't get a lot of insight on it, but... Yeah, again, he, he plays... He holds his cards close to his chest. Yeah, and this is the moment when I was like, okay, B, you gotta tell me, was there anything interested on those quote-unquote YouTube comments? Because, I mean, it was obviously a Reddit page, but... I I can't even tell you, and it's because I was sitting there with, like, Hello Darkness, my old friend, playing inside of my head. I was just like, little Dean would have been sitting in front of a motel television with crackly static. 
waiting for his dad to come home, keeping his eyes open as long as he could, watching whatever shitty movie was on TV and, like, embedding it in his memory. Like... Please don't do this to me. So I wasn't looking at the Reddit page. I'm sorry. Don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Again, hello, Darkness Wild friend. We, we go to the hospital. Oh, yes. no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Stuart stumbles out bleeding. Yes. And he's just hollering, like, somebody help! And, you know, to be fair, if I was attacked by a floating chainsaw, I would be saying a lot worse things (laughs) than, like, help me. Yes, yes, he's clutching his side, he's he's very obviously injured, he, uh, uh, Sam and Dean jump to action, and Sam... Uh, does his best to, you know, stabilize Stuart while Dean goes to see what the fuck is up. Yeah, Dean heads inside with his gun out and he follows the blood trail that Stuart left and it goes down into Stuart's room and we can see a Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster up against the wall and when Dean turns around, there is a chainsaw floating and it's revving and it flies straight at him and it embeds itself in the wall. Yep. And I just wrote down, whoa! (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what Dean's face was doing. Whoa! That's not witchcraft. So we... After Dean's little whoa, we go to the ER and Stuart is in bed with his mother beside him and she's thanking Sam and Dean for being there and she wants to go home and bring Stuart some of his things, but Sam and Dean convince her that, you know, it's better if you stay here, you know, just in case he wakes up, like, keep away from the house, basically. Yeah. And... Again, we get this cute little comedic moment where Dean's like, everything's fine. And then we cut to the next scene and Dean's like, everything's not fine. <laughs> yes, yes. And so Dean has looked through the house. There's no hex bags there. But when he brought out the EMF, it is just spiking all across the chart. So now the question becomes, why would there be a spirit after Stuart? And uh, Sam says, well, you stay here. You guard Stuart. Make sure the mom doesn't go anywhere i'll go i'll go try to figure it out yeah sam's gonna sweep the house he's gonna look at the neighborhood he's gonna try and get answers to see if someone has died recently in Stuart's life so we follow sam oh yeah and and dean tosses his keys to sam and sam catches them and i like anytime the keys are up in the air and passing between them and- yeah yeah it's it's always uh, jensen and jerry just work so well together and they're so they're so there's such a history there. Yeah, it's just the dynamic between them is always on point. It's just always so fun to watch. Yes. So the the keys in the air moment was one of those moments for me. It's like, oh, guys. Yeah, just, just a casual reminder of the familiarity at stake. Yep. And so then we follow Sam back to Stuart. Sam tries to turn on the light, but there's no dice there. So he pulls out a flashlight and starts looking around. He's spooked by the panthro um, (laughs) figure that he sees there, almost expecting it to do what Stuart had said it had done earlier in his video. But then Sam almost mocks himself for being scared. Being scared of a foot tall toy. Yes. But at any rate, there's no EMF in the place, and it just becomes a growing puzzle. But when Sam's looking around, he could see a picture that has Stuart, Samantha, Dirk, and now this fourth figure, this older gentleman in the photo that they haven't met. So he has a new lead. 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, we go back to the hospital. Yeah. So when we get back to the hospital, Dirk is just standing outside of Stuart's room. And Dean approaches. He just got some snacks and he offers one to Dirk. And they stand there having a quick chat. And I like the little, like, Dirk looking at Dean going, like, oh, like, Stuart must have awesome insurance <laughs> if you're still here. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Dirk's like, what are you even doing here? And Dean says, oh, just looking after Stuart. And Dirk's like, nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, okay, if, if Dean was supposed to be looking after the mom, he comes back and Dirk's like, yeah, like, Stuart's mom just went out for food. I'm like, Dean, you could have lost her right there. She could have gone straight <laughs> back to the house. But anyways... So at the be- at the beginning of the episode, we had Dean looking to Dirk and saying, "Oh, I have nothing in common with that guy." But this is where we're like, "No, this is definitely uh, you have more in common with Dirk than you think." Yes, yes. I would almost bring it back to because um, again, I we spoke earlier that Dean doesn't really let people in easily, and he doesn't he can bond superficially, but it's not often that he'll let someone in. And yet he does with Dirk, you know, they bond over movies. And I think it comes back to the fact that Dirk took the moment to explain why he was loyal to Stuart and saying that, you know, Dirk didn't have, or I should say doesn't have that great of a relationship with his dad. And any time that that went to a particularly sour degree, then Dirk would just show up at Stuart's house and no questions asked. He could just stay there. And it was this oasis place for him to get away from his troubles. Yeah. And I think it was really in that story that Dean maybe felt empathy or like that that was the thing that kind of softened him to Dirk. This this loyalty to someone that you could maybe see as being a difficult figure like it's different difficult socially and yet you will remain loyal to them dean likes that in a person and so dirk became someone that he was going to bond with when they shared this interest in the all saints day marathon that was going on on yeah. shocker channel they're both still standing in the doorway and once dirk kind of shared his story opened up a little bit to dean you can literally see dean bodily kind of opening up to Dirk. Yeah. He angles more towards him. Like I said, they're both in the doorway, but he opens, but Dean opens up a little bit and in, in his body language and with this, you know, we, we start talking about the All Saints Day marathon going on in there. Uh, Dirk and Dean are talking about their favorite All Saints Day movies and their favorite moments. And, and Dean just, is so enthusiastic in his interests. Yeah, he he's not able to share these types of things with Sam because Sam has shown a distaste for horror, Halloween, all these things. And yet here is Dirk with kind of the same level of sardonic humor as him. Like, oh man, like a chainsaw attack? Yeah, happy Halloween. Like they have this sort of commiserative humor with each other. And now they have this mutual interest that Dean can open up to that he doesn't really have anyone else that would get it. And and we say that Dean is... You know, very superficial in his charm and how he interacts with people day to day. But when Dean, like you said, when someone gets past that wall or, or, or when Dean puts that little check mark of approval next to in his mind, like this is someone who 
this is someone that I can connect to in whatever way he's decided he can connect to them with. He just, <sighs> yeah. This is where this is where I get this is this conversation with Dirk is where every single Dean feel I've ever had just kind of wells to the surface. <laughs> and I'm I, I pause the show and I'm staring at the wall next to the TV and I'm just like, why? why? Let Dean have more friends. Let Dean oh, have yeah. more friends. He's just oh, yeah. so animated, so exuberant. He is very, he's a very loving person, and yet he's very afraid of having too many people to love. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So you're, you talk about them comparing which of the favorite movies that they like, and like Dean kind of does an odd pick, like he says like All Saints Day 4, and that kind of gets him a little bit of kudos with Dirk, and it's at this moment that Dean reveals why he likes horror movies, and it's that when he was growing up watching these movies, like you always know that the bad guy will lose in these movies, and in his own life, he doesn't have that same sort of guarantee. Yeah, yeah. To quote Dean, he the thing that struck me, he says, growing up, it was nice to be able to check out once in a while. And then yes. he says, I like to watch movies where I know the bad guy is going to lose. But that, that first thing where growing up, it was nice to check out once in a while. Just the fact that he says to check out. Yeah, just to drop the burdens that are upon him because of this life. <laughs> and again, I am going to... I have a lot of John feels bottled up regarding this episode. I have... Yeah, me too. Ben, ben Affleck chain-smoking above a balcony. <laughs> Just weary, embrittled soul sucked out of... Like, and I'm like, this is a fun episode. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. It's just like uh, every like I said, incoherent thought I have about ne Dean and his relationship with media and his childhood and how you know he we like to say that he raised himself and he did he but he TV was his parent and friend and therapist and window into the world as warped as that window is because he didn't have friends outside he yeah and and like the questions that he couldn't bring to john he would try and answer through what he could glean from television like from the media around him oh my god i and you can see like how much of his personality is propped up in these interests you know like it became vitally important to him to have the same musical influences as his father did and you you could see the time capsule of his interests that he would consider his formative likes and dislikes and he takes these on as a personality feature almost as opposed to just a part of of the things I like and dislike that aren't actually me. It's just it's just so many John feels, so many young Dean feels and and also just like 
I would not even know how to begin to express my feelings on, you said, you know, Dean can't express his interests with, with Sam because, you know, just the relationship they have, they, they're kind of snarky at each other and they're, they kind of neg on each other and it's friendly and they, and it's, and it's how they love each other. But he just needs a Charlie. He needs a Charlie. He needs someone yeah. that he can open up to. And and when he does open up, and when he does let that freak flag sh- uh, fly, it it's just, he glows. Exactly. You could see how much more of the world is available to him if only he had the confidence or if only he had the support structure there yeah. to allow him to wander out beyond the current perimeter he's enclosed himself within. Yes. Yes. Because you know he has interests. Like, we, we see the teasing, like, oh, he likes romance movies. He likes Taylor Swift. He likes all of these things. But he concealed and feels those things. He doesn't want other people to know. He just doesn't have... There's no fertile ground in his life for him to share these interests and nurture them. And... Yes. <laughs> yes. And it just makes me so, so sad for him. Yeah. And just like sitting here, my eyes like two dead birds. Just It makes me think about Charlie a lot, a lot. Yes. And the, the wake there. of her death. Yeah. It's, it's a lot and it's, um, it's tough. Yeah, but let's not let's not talk tough. Let's talk, let's talk yeah. about the show and how funny it is. Remember, it's fun, guys. It's such a fun episode. Like in all earnestness, it really is, and it's just like the trauma. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but uh, we have we have Sam with Sam at the comic shop. Sam yep, with Samantha. Sam and Sam are at the comic <laughs> shop, and Sam is you know letting his own freak flag fly when he is trying to get information out of Sam but as an insurance agent but he's like I'm gonna ask you some questions that might be a little weird but you know it's like you know the situation's a little weird so like I think it calls for it yeah 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 and Sam's just like you're what and Sam is a whole a horrible liar through this whole scene. He is just floundering for excuses. I'm like, where where's your FBI confidence, dude? <laughs> yeah. But he's doing is doing it in a very humorous way. It was deliberate. He he's just trying to uh, trying to wave off like, oh no, I'm not asking about ghosts. Look over here. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And it's from this conversation that we find out about the fourth figure in that photo. Uh, his name is Jordan, and he was the shop owner. He was close to all three of them, but unfortunately, he has passed away due to cancer. And the shop was left to um, to Samantha and Dirk. So Jordan had fired Stuart for stealing, and yeah. so Stuart wasn't part of the shop anymore. But Samantha hired him back, and so sam is just kind of like ding 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 we have a winner <laughs> so uh, like so what happened oh oh cremated and so that kind of sucks but there all of a sudden is the frost building and sam checks the emf and it's like you're saying like he he's don't worry about this pay no attention to the man behind the curtain like yeah he he pulls out the emf meter and it starts it starts going wild he's like um just one sec i just gotta i just gotta check this and then and then it starts screeching and sam's like 
she's she's eyeing it like, what's that? And Sam's like, oh, nothing. It's just, I'm just, uh, uh, he's waving it around. He's got his back to her. He <laughs> says, like, detecting carbon monoxide. monoxide. Yeah, it's a, it's a carbon monoxide meter. And she gets a little bit more alarmed. Samantha's like, uh, and is that bad? Yeah. And Sam says, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, you're gonna fucking die if that <laughs> much carbon monoxide is ring-a-ding-dinging in your room. And, and, uh, but before that, the bad line can, before Sam can dig himself into an even, even deeper hole, David Yeager animates. And <laughs> David Yeager knocks Sam out. Uh-huh. And Samantha screams, I'm like, so Sam's down for the count again, poor putty. Yeah, one, one, one clock to the head with a crowbar. Not a crowbar, it was a wrench. It was like an iron wrench. I don't know why he was holding an iron wrench, but... Well, anyways, yeah, one one clock to the head, and Sam's out, and then Samantha screams, and I'm like, oh no, don't kill, don't kill Samantha. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but... We cut but to black. We're, yeah, we're, we're tricked by the commercial break here. Mm-hmm. And Sam comes to, to find Samantha shaken, but still alive, and he has to, like, go chop, chop through the list. Like, okay, yeah, go surreal. They could possess stuff. Like, now let's go. <laughs> oh, so you're not from insurance? Hell no. <laughs> and uh, and then, and we get the same scene with Dean and Dirk uh, later, but it is later. That chop, chop, like, werewolves? Vampires? Ghouls? Yeah, pretty much whatever you can think of is true. Now, get inside the salt circle. Goodbye. Uh-huh. But before we go to that one, um, Sam grabbing that one just memorabilia item and being like, so is this expensive? Why? No, why? And he just throws it at the door and Samantha doesn't even get through her full thought. But it's the glasses shatterproof. Uh-huh. Like, so. He didn't even wait for an answer on is no. this expensive before he chucks it at the at the door and Sam yeah. Samantha says no don't uh, shatterproof glass bro yeah you ain't getting very far the doors are locked Sam asks why the doors are locked and uh, Samantha says Jaeger took the keys yes so for those at home that are keeping track of where the keys are at this point because <laughs> spoiler alert they do become important um, they were initially in Stuart's care. Stuart's mom brought the keys to Samantha when um, she went to go and get food and all that. She also filled in Samantha with what was going on with Stuart. And now the keys have been taken from the shop and they have gone off with David Yeager, a.k.a. Hatchet Man. Hatchet Man. So this scene goes over to Dean eating chips. And this is where, as we stated previously, he's compiling the best deaths that have happened within the All Saints Day series. Dean and Dirk are having a lot of fun with yes. uh, uh, talking about their favorite deaths. and Yeah, getting their nerd information out there uh-huh. in the open. And then Dean takes a call and Sam says that it's a ghost. Dean's already wondering where the graveyard is, but they're like, nope, Jordan was cremated. And oh, by the way, there's a possessed David Yeager coming for you at the hospital. And Dean is so he's psyched. so excited. He's so excited. He's like, David Yeager's coming here. Are you, he's going to fight me? <laughs> are you telling me that David Yeager is on his way? And Sam's like, Dean, Dean, pull it back. Come on, focus. Yeah, pull it yeah. in. And he's like, put, th- put your head in the game. And Dean's just, David Yeager is coming here. He's so ready. You can practically see the bitch face on Sam. 
Yeah, and like, also, so, like, this conversation is not exactly quiet, and, you know, like, Dirk's gonna be listening in and being like, the fuck are you talking about? Well, we do see Dirk, you know, do a little double take to Dean, and, and the next scene is that pulling back the curtain, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, yes, ghosts, vampires, ghouls, werewolves, get in the salt circle. We, we ain't got time for this, I'm pouring out salt, Get in the circle. Do not leave. Stay in it. Whatever happens. And meanwhile, Sam is picking or he's attempting to pick the lock over at the comic shop. And he's trying to figure out why now is Jordan attacking Stuart? You know, like if if it's not been a recent thing that Jordan's passed away, then why is he attacking Stuart now? And Samantha basically brings out to open air that Stuart's been stealing and she's been docking his pay, but a ghost isn't really going to know about that. And there's obviously longstanding resentments anyways between Jordan and and, and Stuart. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was sitting here and like my eyes just widened and like I nodded. I'm like to say the least yeah. <laughs> Woof. and th- they're they're having no luck with this lock picking and so sam goes to a backup and he just goes hey so like do you have any cleaning supplies then we cut back to the hospital at Stuart's hospital bed and Dirk is kind of losing it there his breath is fogging up and the room is acting extra possessy uh-huh the cabinets are rattling the there's a wind flowing through the r- room there's some spooky noises going on but maybe that's just the, the soundtrack we don't know oh yeah. the tv is flickering and dirk is just having a bad time he is freaking yeah. out yeah he just later days out of there yep he says i can't i can't and he runs meanwhile dean is going down the hallway of this hospital and initially he's going to break the emergency glass uh-huh. but then he goes oh no way i could just open the door and grab the axe haha <laughs> and he takes that and he heads back around for looking for where this david yeager might come from and we see this darkened hallway very slasher uh, mirroring the movie that we've been seeing clips of yes. through this yes. whole, where david yeager is stalking an abandoned hospital and Stuart's mom has come in she sees david yeager and <laughs> is just kind of like uh, uh nope. nope and and then Dirk is yelling yeah. for for David Yeager slash Jordan. You know, if you want to go after Stuart, you have to go through me. And Jordan's kind of... I really liked that. Yes. I really like that because Dirk, you know, we saw Dirk flee the room. But then when David Yeager comes in front of Stuart's mom, Dirk comes out and confronts Jordan slash the hatchet man. Yeah. Dirk really steps up. Yeah, he does. It's so good. He squares off against this, this life-size model of this murdering ghost and and he says if I know who you are I know what you want and if you want to get to Stuart then you have to go through me <laughs> and we have this moment of tension between Dirk and and the hatchet man and then Jaeger says okay well he doesn't say anything but he just starts charging towards Dirk and Dirk's like oh shit and he runs yeah. off crap. crap and he is gone <laughs> yeah he bolts and now here's where we start drawing the the deep parallels between what's happening on the movie and what is happening in real life so there are a couple security guards and they are eating <laughs> popcorn while watching 
All Saints Day 3. I love them. I love them. I yes. love them so much. I would watch this entire episode over again just for the security guards. <laughs> they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, and it, it was a really fun mechanic, too, that we have... Okay, so camera six, we can see Dirk has gone running. He's trying to escape David Yeager. And on the movie screen, there is the woman who is trying doors and she trips over nothing <laughs> and she just keeps trying to escape. And the security guards are having a grand old time making fun of her like, run girl, run! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you going so slow? What did you just trip over? <laughs> there's there's so much lampshade that's going on too because like earlier Dirk was saying, oh, like it, it kind of pushes belief. You wouldn't see a hospital so empty uh-huh. that time of night. And, and Dean's like, nah, I've been in enough hospitals. That's kind of legit. And then lo and behold, here we are yeah. in a hospital late at night and Dirk is screaming for help. There is nobody there. Nobody there. He goes run into the elevator the same way that the movie heroine does. They're both frantically hammering on the buttons and like yelling, you're dead. You're dead. We cut back to the security guards and they're like, yeah, press that button. Get it. You better get in that elevator. And, and, and we can see the screens behind the two security guards that are actually this whole time we can see Dirk running through the hospital on the security monitors but the security guards are just too focused on the movie too yeah it's it's comical and like you said it's such a good mechanic to go back and forth between the movie the all saints say movie and 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 dirt so. yeah yeah i super like that they did this it was a lot of fun yeah so just, Dirk's just jamming on the elevator keys like come on come on i'm like that doesn't work that doesn't speed anything <laughs> up but like i understand the impulse go hard and we cut from that back to Sam and Samantha and Sam has a Scooby-Doo lunch kit that he is loading up with chemicals uh-huh. and another a stellar line coming out of here where Samantha's like how did you learn to do all of this and Sam just like deadpan I had a messed up childhood <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Sam's making a fucking bomb in this aluminum lunch bin. Mm -hmm. He hangs it up on the back door of the comic shop and they go and they hide and it's just tick, tick, boom, the door blows off the hinges and they are able to get out. And both Sam and Samantha are just like, cool. Yeah. (laughs) So then we go back to Dirk and now he has found his way to the morgue and... He is just just slightly freaked out and a hand grabs his shoulder and he whips around, but it's just Dean. Everything's just okay. Just slightly freaked out, yeah. Just, just en petit peu. <laughs> so Dean, I don't know. He's kind of like, why are you here? I thought I told you to stay put, blah, 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 but that's not really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, why is Dean even in the morgue? Like, when how did he make his way to the hospital basement? He's just like, where would I go if I was David Yeager looking for a fight? And like, so he's just been sitting here with his axe. He's like, this is going to happen. <laughs> Very excited. <laughs> and and yeah, we get this great moment here where like Dirk's like he's here, you know, like David Yeager slash Jordan, he's here, uh-huh. and and lo and behold, a body rises off of one of the slabs, <laughs> and it is the Hatchet Man. It's so eighties horror. It's so good. Oh my it's god! It's like yes. every we're pulling out every cliche. Yes, and not only that, but the life size model sits up and pushes the button, and then it's the recording time 
time to slice and dice. <laughs> I loved that little mechanic. I mean, well, we got if Jaeger ever wants to talk because we don't actually ever see or hear from Jordan. Yeah, he's just Jordan as a ghost is just possessing and animating these objects, but. <laughs> but Jordan knows what he wants to say and he presses the button and we get those recorded little action figure bits from the doll. Yes. It's time to slice and dice or sometimes we all do bad things. Yes. Oh my god. And here is the moment where they decide to splice in the the fake trailer or I guess it would be the real inverse trailer uh-huh. for this fake movie. And it walks us through the history of how David Yeager became Hatchet Man. And it's like, three years ago on Halloween in 1983, there's a practical <laughs> joke turned deadly. And yeah, we're seeing a bunch of recycled footage from like um, Route 666 and uh, the the season five episode where we see Matt Cohen as John Winchester in the garage. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Some shots. Okay, so you know what? It wasn't until you said 19. 19- 1983 that I even like had the thought but was it wasn't Dean born in 84? Dean was 79 and Sam was 83. Okay yeah so yeah All Saints Day would be the November 1st 1983 and November 2nd would have been the day Mary died. Oh my god. So again when I talked earlier I'm like this is a fun, happy movie, but as soon as I started, like, connecting these dots, uh-huh. like, I, I sat at this point of the episode, and I had to, like, purse through what was going on in my head. It was basically this this big medley that was going on that had to do with, you know, Sam and Dean, how they grew up. Because, um, the again, the movie dates are, like, the year that Sam is born and the, the year that before. Mary died. Yeah. It's, uh, Mary died. Uh, well, so this trailer, so it was the three years before, right? It said that he... Yeah, so then yeah. on, um, in November 1st of 86 is when he rises to get revenge. So the trailer opens up on November 1st. Mm-mm, October 31st. October 31st. Sorry. 1983. And in the trailer we had this, this footage of Matt Cohen as... John Winchester and the narrative is just inviting us to draw these parallels. They're telling us to think about this. They're they're inviting us to be retrospective about it. And it's just like it gives me John feels. It gives me John feels about, you know, this one event in John's life, this fire. Mm-hmm. David Yeager, so he the practical joke gone wrong was that he was working in a garage and then the, uh, he got crushed under a car and they set the car on fire. So that's why Jaeger looks the way he does. But uh, again, the John parallels this one night in 1983, he, his entire life goes up in fr- flames and this, and he becomes a monster. Yeah. We're, and just take the name David Jaeger. Okay. Do I want to? <laughs> If if you if you are translating into name meanings, it is beloved hunter. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Is it really? 
It is. It is really. So like when I said I had to sit down and process <laughs> fucking feelings, like as soon as I heard the last name Jaeger, I was like, that means Hunter. Oh, fuck. We got some on the nose shit going on here. What does it mean? And <laughs> yeah, by the time we got to this fake trailer and there was the the old footage that they were yeah recycling and but it was Matt Cohen there and with the dates that are involved with the nostalgia that we're being invited to think about here there there is this really strong parallel yeah we're being told to consider you know Dean's own childhood and on the uh Dirk mirror you know Dirk's poor relationship with his father oh my god and okay so if David Yeager is drawing strong parallels to John then like Look at what happened with David Yeager. Like you said, there's this one moment that completely turns life around. And so, but he died and he rose again from the dead. And what he pursued after reviving was revenge. Yeah. All that David Yeager cares about is is going and finding revenge. I mean, we we talk about it a lot, but there is this really complex relationship that the Winchesters have with death. And to have David Yeager be one of many mirrors that are brought to them to give us this this opportunity to reflect. It, so David Yeager, the figure, is being possessed by Jordan, who Samantha said was like their own personal Willy Wonka, like taught them everything they know. Samantha, Dirk, and Stuart had him as like a, a father or an uncle figure. And yet there is this wrong that Jordan sees one of them performing and he can't abide by it. And he has to do something. And Samantha says that the shop was his life. And it's just like... Yeah, taught them everything oh they know. You're, you're sending me spiraling again because the shop was his life. It was everything to him. We can just draw that parallel to John and hunting and how with the Dirk and Samantha mirror, it's Jordan really was a father figure to oh my god, Jordan! His I'm sorry, Jordan with the J and the John and the Sam and the Dirk yeah. and the Dean. Yeah. I'm fucking mad. I'm so mad. Like this again, like I felt so bad when we started recording this because I'm like, I should have so much more enthusiasm than this. But like I was just sitting there, Whoa. this hollowed out husk of a human being like why did I have to they never even said John's name in this episode? Oh my god. Can 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 I now have feels about Dirk confronting Jordan earlier in, in, with with a with a Dean John mirror now? I'll I'll give you one little thing we can cut though, but Jordan, the name meaning is like to descend. I hate it. Thanks, I hate it. You're welcome. <laughs> Don't cut that. <laughs> the listeners have the right to know. Oh my god. Let's let's move on. This is I don't think I can. Like I said, I had a high school level essay that I could write here about like the parallels between Samantha, Dirk, and Jordan, and Sam, Dean, and John. Yeah. Oh my god. The whole fact that like this episode, like why are we sitting here feeling sad when the episode was like so funny so and funny. so fun? It was so fun and so good and so lighthearted. And every moment was just, I, you know, watching it, I just had a grin on my face. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and and I'm like, it's the veneer again. Like you look at Dean, and when he talks about his child, he he always is like trying to put the positive spin on it. He's always looking at the, all the good times of it, and here we are, like. Well, is that just like the the candy coating on top of this kind of more serious nostalgia that is going on? Because we, we could see Sam is not having as nearly as much levity throughout the episode because he, he, he won't answer Dean's questions about why he dislikes Halloween until very much later, but... So so Dean is the come on it's good it's fun and Sam is the well no like there there's bad memories attached with this and yeah, he's the grouch well and I'm like okay all of these parallels were being invited to consider Sam's the one who struggled so oh much with their with how they grew up in a really outward fashion. You know, Dean struggled too, but he didn't let it out. He did oh the yes God. sirs. He stepped in line. He put the smile on. And oh that God. <laughs> I I will write you my fucking essay on this piece about like why was I sad? Oh, I have a billion reasons why. <laughs> you're so right. Yeah, B, you're so right. Oh my god. I'm, so I'm sorry because it is a really like <laughs> because you're but so right. This the, it's Dean. it's written so well we get two layers to it. <sighs> this whole Dean Sam thing that they're that they're saying, oh Sam the Grouch doesn't like Halloween and Dean enthusiastic about the whole thing and like oh Sam why can't you just lighten up a little bit it's it is a blast straight to the past season one season two that was Sam the reluctant son and Dean the (sighs) the ever optimist because an optimist was required but Again, go back to what the summary for this episode was. It was like, as Dean still struggles. Dean's struggling. He's not in a good place. And yet he he is throwing himself into where he can find enthusiasm and interest. Like, you brought him on a case that has killer toys and it has, like, his favorite slasher villain that he now gets to fight. And we've paused on that scene for infinity because there's so many feelings that are cropping up. I'm so... I'm I I don't I don't I'm not having fun anymore. I'm sorry. I wasn't <laughs> either. Like oh my god. This is okay. I I I I'm not really being very serious. This is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm having a great time. Well, I'm suffering. <laughs> God. Yeah, my notes right here say talk about feels about vengeance driving beyond death. Yeah. I honestly I did not make a single John Jordan Jaeger. Oh, Jaeger starts with the J too, did you know? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, and you keep saying, like, oh, I don't know why this is happening to me because it was such a fun episode, but it's the writer's fault. They didn't say, John, nothing. Well, They're my, inviting our, us. Yeah. They are inviting us to... To 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 spi- s- give ourselves our own swirlies uh-huh. in the toilet, spiral <laughs> our way down. Why are you hurting? Why are you punishing yourself? I gave you a fun episode. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is very deliberate, obviously. Then we get, like, a really fun scene. 
we got Dean with an axe versus Jordan with two hatchets. Uh-huh. So, like, who's gonna win? Uh-huh. And Dean has, like, this awesome little line that essentially boils down to, you can walk into the light or I'll send you there. And then, lo and behold, Jordan pushes the button and it's time to slice and dice. And Dean's just so happy. He He's is. like, yes, we get this fight. Dean's like, you know what? I was, I was kind of hoping you would say that. And then they face off. Yeah. And then, blam, they're fighting. Jordan appears stronger than he looks and Dean kind of has to rally from that and he tells Dirk to like get back and they they have at her there. Yeah. And while this is going on, Sam and Samantha are rushing to the hospital and Samantha is getting the rundown on how ghosts, possessions, these type of things work. Yeah, Sam says it doesn't make sense that uh, Jaeger is, Jordan is traveling the way that he is because, you know, if he's been cremated then usually goes the way it works is that goes attach themselves to an object something of great importance to them and they they're pretty stationary they're attached to that object so they cannot go where the object is not and then samantha gets smart about what that means yes and samantha is the one who concludes the keychain yeah the keychain to the store that that jordan loves so yeah. much and and sounds like sounds great <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Samantha's like, um, does that make sense? And Sam's like, yes, yes. Yeah. You got it in one. You were a quick study. And then at the morgue, Dean is getting tossed around Mm -hmm. and David Yeager grabs the axe that Dean has lost hold of. He's kind of in, um, in a tight pinch, but then Dirk stabs the David Yeager model from behind and he gets backhanded for it. I know. I felt so bad for them, like, fighting this, like, it's not a, it's not a person. It's not a monster. I mean, you can't cut its head off and... Yeah, how do you hurt it in yeah, any significant way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess they're distracting it long enough that Sam and Sam get to the morgue. Yeah. Yeah, they're really hoping that Sam and Smith are the ones who are on the case and they're figuring out what the possession is attached to. But Dean, he he's getting knocked around. He gets put into a chokehold by the hatchet man. And um, this is when Sam busts in Samantha on his heels and he says, it's the keychain. And Dean <laughs> fumbles around on the model. He grabs the keys, tosses it, and Sam goes to try and burn it. And Samantha grabs a container of ethyl alcohol to use as an accelerant. And they get that keen chain humming away in one of those little pans. And the whole time, Dean is being choked out against the morgue drawers. Yes. And, and it's fucking... It was so, again, it was so fun. It was so humorous. Oh, they keep cutting from Sam and Samantha trying to burn the object to uh, Dean getting <laughs> the life choked out of him. Yeah. But but Dean's like making these wrap it up motions like oh guys guys and and I forgot to mention but during the fight um Dean like grabs two of I don't I would say bedpans because it's a morgue they're not bedpans but like two little pans yeah. and he's just clanging the hatchet man <laughs> up against the head like he's, I, yeah. oh, 
there's so many good little fun moves. It was. It was a good. It was. I think that um, I also have a lot of thoughts about the choreography in the last few seasons. I think it's yes, Chef's kiss is phenomenal. Yes, the fights. The fights have gotten stellar. I know. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, Dean lost his weapon, and he had to make do. And he's and again utilizing. We've seen this a lot in the past few seasons. Utilizing what's around. Yeah, him. He environmental. Throws a trash can at him. He wrote. He throws a roll of paper towel is that the guy <laughs> oh so good and then he grabs a couple uh, uh, uh i guess i guess they're um utensil pans yeah and and starts a fist to cuff with that some, yep some improvised brass knuckles so good and but but but, but sam gets with the ethanol gets the keys lit up in one of those same pans yep and then the spirit inside David Yeager goes up. Jordan is done. Mm-hmm. And Dean is sitting there rubbing his neck. Dirk, he's like, okay, so is that really over? Like, just like that? And <laughs> you can see he's like, just like he's that? Like, like, excuse excuse me? It's, it's not that easy. Uh-huh. We get our our brotherly scene now. They're, yep. they're driving and heading back home. Dean actually thanks Sam out of the blue. You know, he appreciates Sam getting him out of his funk, yeah. getting him a win. He says, I know, I know what you were doing. You wanted me to bring me out of my funk and get me a win, like you said. It, it, it just made me think, did Dean know all along and maybe he was just humoring it until he wasn't? Or maybe, maybe they're each aware of each other's motives, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think they know each other well enough at this point that it's not like they are really able to trick each other. You know, even if it was only on a superficial level that Dean was like, oh boy, a case, I'm going out there. I think that there's still this deeper level of like, my brother is giving me something that, or like he came to me with something that he knew I would be interested in and like it would be impossible to say no to. And by doing this and going through this, I could say that that was really good and it was what I needed. Yeah, it was good. And just voluntarily like coming out and saying that, like, thank you, I needed that. And Sam admits that like it was a bit of uh, unexpected turns on this case, <laughs> but Dean is just stoked about the David Yeager he angle. Really is again glowing. He can't, Sam was basically like, you know, I wanted to pitch you a low ball there, but Dean says well, Dean says, like, don't ruin this. Yeah. Like, yeah, Dean's li- let me have this. Yeah, Dean's more like, hell no, this was the best day ever. Yeah, and it to me, it goes back to that difference in perspective that we're going to see right away. That to Dean, this was a fun case. And, like, Sam, if he were to dissect this or, like, to want to talk about it on a more serious level, then it could ruin that fun. Like, Dean just wants to look at it on the bright, shiny level of it. When there, you know, like, there is some, like, darkness to what happened in this case. Like, this father figure figure to these three kids turned on one of them. But, But Dean says, nope. Let me have this. This was this was a good day. Yeah, exactly. Let's not overthink this. <laughs> and then Sam takes this opportunity to reinforce to Dean, like you you can't hide out just because of this. What happened with Michael? Like what he did with your face is not your fault, and you did the right thing by saying yes to him because like my life was the line on the line. Jack's life was on the line. You did it for your family, and no one blames we- you. Yeah, we talked about it last episode where where Dean is unable to 
to separate his choices from Michael's actions. Yeah, his his body and Michael's choices, because they took place in his body, they are his responsibility. Yeah. And I really did appreciate that Sam takes another chance to say here, no one blames you for this except yourself. And Dean says that's enough. Yeah, he just is not going to be able to meet Sam on Sam's no. level for this. No. Dean is just not going to get over it. But he'll agree that, yeah, we got to just keep moving forward. I actually really like that Sam was saying to Dean, we don't blame you. Nobody blames you. You, It's not your fault and you shouldn't blame yourself. And Dean is hearing that, but he... He also, and it's not in a stubborn or petulant or self-destructive kind of way. It's just in a factual way. Right, right. He He's just saying the fact that I blame myself is enough that, you know, this is something real that I'm feeling. Like, it is what it is. I can't, I can't parse this down. I can't break this into components where I can find a different secret truth inside of it. Th- this is what it is. And like you said, Dean is not going to be able to meet Sam on this. But I liked how straightforward it was. And true. Yes. I like that we get to see the brothers, like they don't agree on everything all the time and they are, they've matured to a point where that's okay. They don't need to, but they know that they're there for each other and that counts for something. Yeah. Very true to life. I mean, sometimes we just have our shit and we're not going to get better from our shit because we're offered a way out, you know? Yeah. Everyone has their own pace that they're approaching things and although Sam is sitting over in that one location, Dean just, he's not going to be able to make it there and not for a while. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I still think, as bleak as we're making it sound, I still think it was a hopeful note. Yeah. It's, Dean is sitting there and he's going, I, I'm here. I'm here for whatever you need. All right, chief? No. And then Dean gets a little chime and, okay, Halloween's officially over. Now you got to tell me why you hate it. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. A lot about John feels, but here Dean is trying to do a guessing game. And he's like, is it because I ate all your candy? And then he goes, is it because of dad? Yeah. Once again, it's like we have the the fun, bright veneer. And then there is this subtext of, you know, the harder times that they've had in their lives. And, you know, the fact that Dean said... <laughs> Not to not to bring us back down to the pits of despair. I'll, I'll happily spiral. <laughs> I'm ready. But <laughs> Dean even saying, um, was it something that Dad did? It okay. So this is something that Sam has carried with him for years and years and years, and Dean knows is just like it's a hard topic. Yeah, yeah. Something that Sam, something that Dean doesn't know about Sam. Um. But when, I, I don't know, when when Dean said, is this something that dad did? It rang to me as him almost behind, behind a mask of levity, putting forth a concern that we know that Dean has suffered trauma after trauma under John that Sam is not even aware of, right? Yeah, well, Sam knows of some, but there's no way that he's going to know the entirety. No, no, there's so many moments in in Sam's, in Dean's upbringing that have just impacted him so deeply that Dean just never revealed to Sam. 
it's it's like you know we get we get stories here and there but we also get the feeling that we're only scratching the surface now in dean's mind it's like there are 1500 moments where john maybe ruined something for me or it's just something that i think about this this just low that i hit because of john but my entire life, my entire life was devoted to shielding Sam from everything mm-hmm. in the world, including even though he would never say such a thing out loud. But you, but you know that Dean shielded Sam from a lot of John. Yes. And, and I just think that it would be a lingering fear that Dean couldn't protect Sam from everything. And there are some things that Dean doesn't know regarding John. Yeah, that for Dean to bring up John as, like, the possible culprit for why Sam doesn't like Halloween, it is also bringing up, like, did I fail you in that fashion? Like, those old knee-jerk expressions of wanting to protect his brother from the worst of things, and even when that includes his father. But... Sam to Dean's relief is like, well, no, it's a different memory of when I was in the sixth grade. We were living in Bismarck and I super liked this girl and I was so nervous about it that I barfed all over her. (laughs) Went to a Halloween party that she invited me to. We were playing bobbing for apples and I'm just like me knowing where the story's going. I'm like, did he puke in the bob? Did he? Did he? That I was like, that would be some gross water that no one like that game is over. (laughs) You couldn't even hose down the bucket. You couldn't, you were just... Uh, I'm like, burn that house down. We need a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw out the baby with the bash, with, with the bath water on that one. He barfed on her. <laughs> and it was super embarrassing and it was awful and everyone laughed and I ended up hiding in the woods. People ran and screamed <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And Dee's just like, that's great. He's and so, <laughs> Sam, no, I, I hid in the woods until you came and picked me up. Uh-huh. And Dean is just thrilled. I don't know. I don't know. I Yeah. I also love that, you know, talking about these slow reveals, these tidbits, these stories that we've gotten over the years. I just love every single one of them, honestly. It's mm-hmm. like... Every every new piece of information is something that we can slot into their history. I don't know. It's just part of any relationship that the, you can. There's always something new that you can discover about. Yeah, that you don't know everything about someone, but that's not that's not detrimental. That is an opportunity that you're going to find out more. You're going to have these delightful moments of revealing something that the other person never knew. And yeah, it was it was great. It was super cute. Yeah, and very bro. And I missed it. We're on episode four, and it's been go 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 drama drama drama. And this was just a breath of fresh air. It was great. Yeah. It was a really fun monster of the week, despite how we make it sound otherwise. It was really fun. <laughs> And, like, even here, Dean is trying to basically to, to baffle Sam with costume suggestions for, you know, next year we're going to do Halloween right. Oh, you know, I have so many feelings dress... about that. Oh, my oh. God. Next year Matching we're going to do Halloween. Well, just just these, these moments from Dean, too, on, you know, we should take a vacation or... Yeah. Or... Hearing them talk about the future yeah. and, like, casual... And it's really been Dean more than 
it used to be Sam in the past few years, which is, uh, I could talk about that too, but, but I don't know. I had a lot of feels about Dean saying next year, we're going to do Halloween right. And, and cue me crying in front of my TV because next year is the last year. Yeah. What are they going to give us? Well, okay, so what, let me let me run us through let me run us through the final scene and then and then I'll give you my takeaway because it ties straight into this. So the final scene is we're back in the morgue. We have yep. we got that creepy morgue ambiance and we got some music, some and we have one of the security guards from earlier. Uh-huh, come in, turn on the lights. He's unconcerned except there's something amiss in this room. He sees the you know there there was a struggle in this room there's things gone blood on the floor well the axe there's the knife there's the hatchets uh-huh. and the lights are flickering uh-huh it's again very 80s horror that that the lights are flickering so the security card clicks on his flashlight and he sees the knife and the hatchets and and he rounds one of the tables that still has a fucking body on it you know <laughs> and well, just out there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Peak morgue aesthetic, and and he lights on the boots of uh, on on these workmen's boots, and he pans up the figure of David Yeager, the 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 model that they just left in the morgue apparently, yeah. and then we get a dun 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 trick or treat trick or treat. It was yeah, it was it was we end on this eighties horror movie moment. Yeah, yeah. Again, invited into the nostalgia, just enjoying it. But on that, I'll tell you my wish for... Please do. For this episode, it's next Halloween. I want Jaeger back. I want Jaeger back. <laughs> I want Jaeger back and I want Sam. I want Samantha and I want uh Dirk. Bring them back. They were so good. Imagine, yeah, imagine like, okay, so... Sam and Dean leave. Now we have Samantha and Dirk at this comic shop, and both of them know the truth. Like, imagine like what you could do with that. There, that could be a lot of they fun. They were so gung ho about the monsters, too. and like on so point. Great. Like they, yeah. okay, that's competent. the information you're giving me. I'm gonna work with it. Boom. Okay, that makes sense. Like you say, oh competent. My God. And Samantha with the brains. You know, she puzzled out the the comic shop and and the keys with with sam and then dirk as the hero yeah the the courage i guess courage and it's just like i want them back i want them back so bad can you just imagine maybe we drop the knowledge that dean and dirk have been have kept in contact and just you know maybe there's a new all saints day coming out Uh texting about it they've been texting about it maybe they play I don't know what the kids play these days. I don't know what the- Fortnite. I don't know what the video games are. I can't see Dean playing Fortnite, but oh my gosh! I mean, can you imagine having a- an All Saints Day ep- Halloween episode, and and we just get it casually dropped that Dean and Dirk are in contact because. I I just need Dean to have friends. I need yes. Dean to have friends. Yeah, we're coming back to that. Like, there's the Hunter Hub there. There's a whole motley of people there, and yet he's so apprehensive of going there. And, and Dean's just always so alone and isolated, and it is half the time of his own making, but we have the Hunter Hub, and... But that's, like, Sam's thing, yeah. you know? Sam. That's where Sam's interest is. That's where his 
his efforts are. And Dean just can't encroach on his brother's thing. Like, we're, we're talking about Charlie. We're talking about Dirk. You know, these these are people who have connections to the normal life. You know, things that the average person could have an interest in. And Dean excitedly reaches out to these aspects. And yet here is a whole schwack of hunters that have like any sorts of experience that, you know, you could go ask them questions about how their day-to-day goes and Dean just isn't interested. I just think that it's almost like Dean stumbles across these relationships and he has to click with the person, um, but he definitely does not seek seek those relationships out. Yeah, he just kind of assumes that the way that he's going is the way he has to go. I have so many Dean feels this whole episode, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was your, what was your takeaway? I... I did really like that there was this open invitation to draw parallels, you know, mm-hmm. just from the get go, we're told, look at Samantha and Sam, look at Dirk and Dean. And from there, we can just we're get a playground of just what ideas that raises what reflections that give to these characters and what it means for Samantha and Dirk. So I just really liked having that brought to us so explicitly like David Yeager as a name. My God. It was. Yeah. This episode was so, so fun. It really was so fun. But there was so much nuance in it. So much subtext. And and like you said, we are invited to see it and then follow it to its conclusion, to hold that in the back of our minds and then to be retrospective about it. Yeah, it, I mean, and the farther back you hold that mirror, you can do like a reflection on the entire series, how it began, what yeah. John's storyline meant and like what it did to the kids. And what he became. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oof, it's so good. So much. And I love it. And it was nuanced and I love it. Uh, it was a good episode. Yes. A lot of fun. A lot of tears. <laughs> really enjoyed it. So that was your takeaway too? Or did you did you have a takeaway, Remy? Do I have a takeaway? I just, you know, um, I really did love Samantha and Dirk. So maybe my takeaway is kind of your takeaway. But um, I liked how self-aware... Dean was in this episode you know it's kind of like at the beginning we see him hold up in his room but but like I said it's almost like he's doing right by him even though it doesn't yes he is just healing as well as he can with the cards that he's been dealt yeah it's not a step forward for him but it's not a step back either he's just taking a moment to lick his wounds yeah and and he comes into this episode so joyous and so enthusiastic and it's really kind of maybe you can say that it's just fake it till you make it but I think he is making it you know because just like he is escaping in his horror slasher TV he is you know throwing himself into this case and he's having fun with it and he's struggling he's not okay but he doesn't let that steal away all of his good moments it's really, I don't know. It's really good. And then, and then at the very end of the episode, we were told that it's like, I'm not going to get over it, but I don't know, but I had a good day and that's a step. Yes. It's good. It's so good. Yes. And like, thank you for doing this for me. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. <laughs> and that is season 14, episode 4, Mint Condition. <laughs> So yeah, if uh, you guys listen to this and you you had similar thoughts or if you had completely different thoughts, um, we would love to hear. Or if you want to even link us some of that meta that that we talk about sometimes, like, we're here for it. Yeah, we want lots of perspectives on this show and not just our own because very clearly, like, <laughs> the spiral got introduced very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, thanks for sticking with us. And so hopefully you guys will tune in next week when we cover Season 14, Episode 5, Nightmare Logic. Yeah! And as always, if you guys want to email us, we're at nochickflickpodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Tumblr and Twitter if you guys want to reach out to us there. Yeah, on Tumblr we're nochickflickpodcast and on Twitter we are nochickflickpodcast pod subscribe to us on itunes or google play or spotify anywhere and and you'll be the first to know when we publish on every sunday so yes so see you guys there yeah see you then bye bye I watched it and I was like, why am I not? Like, I'm fucking, what's his name? Patalucci. <laughs> that fucking clown. I'm sitting there <laughs> putting on my clown makeup. <laughs> like, this was a good episode. It was, it was a fun episode. <laughs> why am I not smiling? And then it's like, oh, it's because my brain is like, parallels, 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 parallels. <laughs> You've broken me, B. I broke myself. <laughs>